concluding session. This year's Jassa has a special significance as it is being held on the occasion of the centenary of the establishment of the Ghana Jamaat. As you mark your centenary year, where you naturally express your joy and happiness, you must also reflect upon the immense blessings of Allah the Almighty. We are in, from such humble beginnings, the Ghana Jamaat has gone from strength to strength over the past hundred years. The blessed seed <coughs> planted a century ago in Ghana, attesting to the truth of the Prophet Messiah al-Islam, has flourished and borne countless fruits. Certainly, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is now well known in every part of Ghana. In fact, if you meet a Ghanaian in any country, even if they are not Ahmadi, they invariably recognize and know <coughs> the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and hold it in high regard. Where the Jamaat in Ghana is furthering the cause of Islam through Tabliq, it has also established schools, colleges, hospitals, and other vital services which have long been a means of outstanding service to the people of your nation. Accordingly, as you move forward, you must pay close attention to your duties and appreciate that. Where reaching your centenary is a means of happiness for you, 
it also places a heavy weight of responsibility upon your shoulders. It must not be that having reached this milestone, you now sit back and relax. Rather, as the Ghana Jamaat enters its second century, uh, century, it is the duty of every Ahmadi to strive earnestly to ensure its continued progress and prosperity. You must endeavor to convey the message of true Islam to every single person in your country. Seek to win the hearts and minds of your people through love and compassion. Inform your compatriots that in this era, in servitude to the Holy Prophet Muhammad the Messiah and Mahdi, who was destined to come, has arrived in person of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadiyan al-Islam. Tell them that if we want to prosper in this world and the next, and if we desire to the recipients of the blessings of Allah, the Almighty, we must firmly attach ourselves to the teachings of the Holy Prophet and his most faithful servant, the Promised Messiah. Only by associating ourselves with the Promised Messiah can we, in this era, truly understand Islam's teachings. Only by attaching ourselves to him can we comprehend what is meant and required by the rights of Allah the Almighty, that is Hakukullah, and the rights of his creation, that is Hakukulebad. Only then can we do justice to fulfilling these twin principles that lie at the heart of Islamic teachings. Only then can we become the guarantors for the peace of the world at every level of society, from one's home to one's village, to one's town, to one's city, to one's nation, and indeed all across the world. And only then can humanity bring an end to the incessant warfare and disorder that increasingly plague the modern world. Today, social unrest and geopolitical conflicts are rapidly escalating and hatred are becoming hatreds are becoming deeply entrenched both within nations and at a global level as ahmadis it is our firm conviction that only through the holy quran's teachings can the hostilities and conflicts destroying the world's peace and security be transformed into bonds of mutual love, respect, and unity. So, as Ahmadi Muslims, never forget who you are and what you represent. Be aware that as you strive to further the cause of Ahmadiyya through Tablir, those who 
hear your, your message, we'll ask, what distinguishes the people who have accepted the Prophet Messiah They will observe whether you possess true love for God Almighty and whether you manifest the highest morals and virtues in every situation and every place. They will query whether you reflect those teachings that you infinite, uh, invite others towards. If the answer to these questions is no, then how can you in all in sincerity call others towards true Islam? It is our great fortune that the Prophet has illuminated the path leading towards Allah by providing us a code of conduct in the shape of the conditions of path which guide and direct us at every moment of our lives. As Ahmadis, we take pride in having accepted these conditions and have vowed to uphold them to long as we, uh, so long as we may live. Only if we keep them constantly in view can we manifest Islam's noble teachings, gain the nearness of Allah, and ensure our community continues to thrive. Otherwise, any success that come our way will be fleeing, uh, will be fleeting, rather than a source of perpetual joy and victory. Hence, today I wish to present the essence of Islamic teachings by reminding you all of the conditions of bath, which as I have said, must always remain the means of governing all elements of our lives. <clears throat> Indeed, it is only by living up to the conditions of bath that we can raise aloft the spiritual torch given to us by Prophet Messiah and shine a light upon the path of true righteousness for others to follow. If we can achieve this, <clears throat> we will not only safeguard our futures, but also ensure that other people will be saved from spiritual ruin and come under the product, uh, protective and everlasting spiritual shade of the Holy Prophet of Islam The conditions of bath very clearly inform us of the expectations that the Prophet Muhammad had from the members of his community. And the first condition requires Ahmadis to avoid shirk, associating partners with Allah the Almighty. In this regard, the Prophet states, if you have taken my bath, you must with sincerity of heart pledge that henceforth and until you draw your last breath, you will abstain from all forms of shirk. Defining shirk in a very comprehensive manner, the Prophet says, Tawheed, the unity of God, does not mean that you proclaim that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. 
whilst hidden within your heart are hundreds of idols. Rather, any person who considers his own efforts, plans, mischief, and deceitful designs to be of the same value and honor as befits only God Almighty or relies upon others as he ought to rely only upon God or give such value to his ego as he ought to give to God Almighty is. In all such circumstances, an idol worship worshiper in the sight of Allah. The promise continues, idols are not merely those made of gold, silver, copper or stones and upon which an idol worshiper relies. Rather, every single thing, every statement, belief or deed given the reverence that is due only to God Almighty is in the eyes of Allah an idol. The Prophet for the states, <coughs> remember that the true unity of God, which God Almighty requires us to proclaim and affirm and upon which salvation depends is to truly believe that God in his being is free from every partner, whether it be an idol or human being, the sun or the moon, one's ego or one's designs or deceit. Thus, Tawheed requires a firm conviction that God Almighty is beholden to no one and no one and in all powerful and is all powerful and the supreme being. It requires an understanding that in comparison to him, nothing else is of value and he alone can fulfill our needs and sustain us. In addition, the Prophet Messiah states that Tawheed requires a person to reserve their ultimate love for Allah Ta'ala, to worship him alone and to submit entirely to him. Belief in the unity of God requires us to direct all our hopes, dreams and aspirations before him in the belief that he alone has the power to help us and fulfill our needs. It requires us to fear him and him alone. In essence, the Prophet Messiah states that belief in the unity of God cannot be perfected until we form a bond of unconditional loyalty with Allah the Almighty. Thereafter, the second condition of bath requires that an Ahmadi says Far, uh, stays far away from a multitude of grave sins and vices that take a person away from righteousness. These include falsehood, fornication, adultery, lustful grazes, uh, lustful gazes, and all forms of immorality, cruelty, dishonesty, disorder, rebellion, or being overcome by one's passions or emotions. Regarding falsehood, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said that falsehood 
is the root of all evils. Once someone approached him and admitted that he possessed many sins, he wished a reform, but feared he would not have the self-control to forsake all his vices, and so he asked the Holy Prophet to nominate one sin for him to abandon. Upon this, the Holy Prophet said, Pledge that you will always speak the truth and never tell a lie. The individual agreed and the and promised he would never again, uh, again resort to falsehood. As a result, he eventually became free of all vices and sinful behavior. Whenever he considered committing a wrong, he would think that if he were caught and presented before the Holy Prophet he would have to admit his wrongdoing and bear the shame and punishment of his admission. Or he would have to violate the promise he had made to speak the truth. Thus, gradually, all his sins disappeared one by one. Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, Shun, therefore, the abomination of idols and shun all words of untruth. Commenting upon the, this verse, the Prophet Messiah states that this verse makes it clear that falsehood is an evil of the very highest order, wherein the, worth, uh, wherein the words untruth and idolatry have been used in conjunction with one another. Thus, Allah the Almighty has deemed falsehood to be a form of shirk. The Prophet Messiah states that reality is that if a person fears and worship Allah alone, they would never have reason to depart from the truth. Furthermore, he states that just as an idol is an entirely artificial concoction and worthy of utter contempt, so too is falsehood. And those who engage in it demean themselves and are looked down upon, the, upon by society. Indeed, the Prophet Islam states that the standing and reputation of a person who lives, uh, who lies, is quickly destroyed to the extent that if they ever speak the truth, others do not believe them and consider that there must be an element of deception in their statement. Furthermore, if a person who frequently lies generally desires to reform, it will be extremely difficult for them to break this habit. Another evil that Allah the Almighty, the Holy Prophet and in this era, the Prophet Islam have strictly forbidden is adultery and fornication. 
The Holy Prophet states that a person must guard their private parts and restrain their hands from all forms of cruelty. Moreover, the Prophet Muhammad said that, this, that his followers must avoid all such associations or places where even the faintest thought of adultery or lewd behavior can enter their minds. The Prophet states, avoid all paths and ways that carry even the slightest risk of becoming involved in adultery. Whoever commits it reaches the height of sin. Adultery is a very evil thing that prevents a person from reaching their true objective. By true objective, the Prophet means that adultery or indeed uh, or indecent behavior of any kind take a person far away from Allah the Almighty and from attaining his love and nearness. It is a vice that is tremendously harmful for the individual and the wider society. In this regard, the Prophet has said that if a person is unable to get married, he should protect his chastity and curb his urges through other means. For example, he should regularly fast, consume minimal food, or engage in strenuous physical work. As mentioned, it is also a condition of bad that an Ahmadi should abstain from all forms of lustful gazes and keep their eyes lowered. The Prophet states that Islam has placed upon men and women restrictions equally, just as women are instructed to observe parda, so too men are commanded to keep their gazes lowered. The conditions of bath also require Ahmadis to stay away from all forms of evil and immorality. In this regard, the Holy Prophet states that, the curse, that cursing or using foul language is not a small matter or insignificant. Rather, it too falls under the category of an evil. Furthermore, the Prophet taught that even when cursed or abused, his followers should remain calm and respond to hatred with patience and restraint. If they encounter any situation where dis disorder or conflict resides, they should take their leave in a dignified way and ensure their tongue remains free from harsh or in inappropriate words. The Prophet repeatedly urged his followers to manifest the highest moral standards and values. On one occasion, the Prophet said, the prayers of a cruel and evil person are not accepted because such a person neglects God Almighty. And so, in turn, Allah curses not, Allah, Allah, Allah cares not for him. If a, son, if a son, then he explains, then if a son is unmindful of, uh, mindful of his obligations to his father and disobedient, 
then the father does not care for his son. So why should God care for negligent people? Reiterating this point, the Prophet states, all members of my community should listen to this testimony with complete attention. Having entered this community and willingly established a relationship of spiritual leader and disciple, you are required to strive to reach the pinnacle of good conduct, behavior, and righteousness. Furthermore, no wrongdoing, mischief, or misconduct should ever come near you. The Prophet ﷺ continued, my followers should offer the five daily prayers without fail. They should never utter falsehood and never hurt anyone with their tongue. They should not be guilty of any vice and must not let even the faintest thought of any mischief, wrong or disorder to pass through their minds. Moreover, regarding discharging one's trust, it is narrated that the Holy Prophet stated that if a person gives you something for safekeeping, you must return it to him whenever he requires it. It taught he taught that the person should not deceive or exhibit dishonesty even to the those who have been dishonest to them. Regarding our duties to society and our leaders, the Prophet instructed his followers to refrain from all forms of rebellion or incitement against their governments. Further, the Prophet has said, that a person should not be overcome by his passions and emotions. In particular, he, wa he warned that carnal passions can easily overwhelm a person, but his followers must resist all forms of illicit and immoral temptations. In today's world, new means and technologies are constantly developing that are pulling people away from morality and pushing them towards vulgarity and depravity. For example, for example, the internet, televisions, and media are all proving to be the gateways to vice and means of uh, to vice and a means of corrupting young and old people alike. To save ourselves from such immorality, it is essential, it is essential that every Ahmadi regularly offers istighfar and bows down before Allah, imploring his help, mercy, and protection from all forms of evil. The Prophet states, that while someone, uh, some people are aware of their sins, others are ignorant of them and continue to involve themselves in immoral practices without comprehending their wrongdoing. Consequently, Allah the Almighty has made istighfar incumbent upon the believers so that they remain shielded from sinful activity, whether they be those sins conducted openly or that remain hidden from view. 
and those which are known to them and those which are not. Accordingly, istighfar is the means to protect a person from all forms of sin, whether committed by his hand, feet, tongue, nose, ears, or eyes. Thereafter, the Prophet has taken a pledge from his followers that they will always offer the obligatory prayers and offer the tahajjud prayer as much as possible. In the Holy Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةَ وَأَتِيُوا الرَّسُولَ لَأَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ and observe prayers and give the zakat and obey the messenger that you may be shown mercy. It is narrated that the Holy Prophet said that the first thing a person will be held accountable for on the day of judgment will be salat. If he succeeds on this account, he will attain paradise. But whosoever is negligent, will be held accountable. The Prophet states, O my people, who consider yourselves as part of my community, you will only be part of my community in heaven if you, are, if you truly tread upon the path of righteousness. Thus, you must offer the five daily prayers with such concentration and fear of Allah in your heart as though you can see God Almighty before you. The Prophet Messiah continues, observe fasting for the sake of God in full sincerity. All amongst you liable for zakat should discharge it and those upon whom Hajj is obligatory and in whose path lies no obstacle should undertake it with diligence, make sure your conduct and deeds and always good and abandon all forms of evil whilst holding a repulsion in your heart for all such deeds. The Prophet further states, be sure that no act can reach Allah, the Almighty, if it is devoid of righteousness the root of everything good is righteousness. And so, whichever act is based in piety will never prove futile or be devoid of blessings. The Prophet ﷺ particularly emphasized the importance of invoking blessings upon the Holy Prophet ﷺ through Durood. Certainly, every Ahmadi should frequently offer Durood and consider it to be a golden key which will, inshallah, unlock the doors to our Jamaat continued, Jamaat's continued success and progress. It is reported that the Holy Prophet said that when a person hears a mozan offer the azan, <coughs> they should repeat the words after him and then invoke blessings upon the Holy Prophet through the rule. <clears throat> Whoever does so will, will be rewarded with the grace 
and mercy of Allah tenfold. <coughs> the Holy Prophet also stated that the rank of Al-Wasila, the right to intercede on a believer's behalf so they may reach Allah the Almighty is a status in paradise that will be granted to just one person. And the Holy Prophet said he hoped he was that person and whosoever prayed earnestly that he be granted this status would himself attain the right of intercession through the Holy Prophet Another attribute an Ahmadi must inculcate is to remain grateful to Allah in all circumstances and to praise Him at all times. In each of our lives, countless blessings and favors are bestowed on us through the grace and mercy of Allah for which we must express our gratitude to Him. As Ahmadis, the greatest favor Allah has bestowed on us is that we have been able to recognize and accept the Imam of the age. And we must express our gratitude by acting upon his teachings. Furthermore, the Prophet Islam has taught that we must not harm or cause distress to Allah's creation and we must have a particular regard and love for our fellow Muslims. Hence, it must never be that due to our pride or passions, we cause grief or pain to others, whether from our mouth, hand, or in any other way. <laughs> the Prophet said that we should always show compassion by forgiving and avoid disputes and quarrels. He instructed us to remove all traces of malice and ill will from our hearts and forsake enmities. Furthermore, the Holy Prophet ﷺ has stated that we should not harbor jealousy or envy towards others. In terms of business, trade, or other financial dealings, we should be honest and fair. For example, we should not intervene to undercut, undercut a deal previously agreed by two parties. Moreover, the Holy Prophet said, O servants of Allah, be brothers to one another. A Muslim is a brother to another Muslim. He cannot harm his brother, nor can he humiliate him, and nor can he think lowly of him. After that, as he indi in indicated towards his chest, the Holy Prophet said, three times. Righteousness, uh, righteousness lies here. It is evil for a man to think lowly of his brother. The blood, property, and honor of every Muslim are unlawful for another Muslim. It is of the utmost regret that despite being the direct recipients of these teachings, Muslims and their leaders in many Islamic countries are 
cruelly targeting one another and treating each other as enemies, all in the name of Allah and His Messenger, often only for the sake of preserving their political power and vested interests, Muslim governments and their leaders engage in barbaric cruelty and transgress, transgress all limits of justice. Hence, all of you participating in the Jalsa should sincerely pray for an end to oppression and injustice and for true peace to prevail in the world. Carefully analyze your own conduct to ensure that you personally are never guilty of any form of vindictive or malevolent behavior. The conditions of bad also guide us towards exhibiting patience and trust in Allah during times of trial and sorrow. We are taught that reacting with forbearance at a time of adversity or grief is true patience and of greatest value. Above all, having taken the bath of the Islam, we must show complete fidelity and loyalty to Allah the Almighty in all circumstances and strive to act upon all teachings of the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet In every state, whether, whether in times of sorrow or joy, we must remain utterly faithful to Allah the Almighty. As Ahmadi Muslims, we must not permit any type of innovations or corruption of our religion. We must always consider the Holy Quran our guiding light in all aspects of our lives. We must search for and identify it, its teachings and adopt all that it enjoins and avoid all that is it uh, forbids. Only then can we claim to be true Ahmadi Muslims. Furthermore, we must rid ourselves of all traces of arrogance and inculcate true humility, personal humility and attributing all, uh, all one's uh, and attributing all one's success to the blessings of Allah are a hallmark of a true believer. Indeed, it was the utter humility of the Prophet that led to him receiving the revelation that Allah the Almighty had liked his humble ways. Only if we manifest humility can we become the inheritors of the blessings of Allah the Almighty. Conversely, Arrogance and pride are the means of one's destruction. Warning us in this regard, the Holy Prophet said, one whose heart contains even a tiny grain of arrogance will not be permitted to enter paradise. Upon this, one person said, O Prophet of Allah, a person likes to be well-dressed, have good shoes and look elegant. In response, the Holy Prophet said, that is not arrogance. In fact, Allah is the most elegant and appreciates true beauty. The Holy Prophet further said, arrogance is when a person rejects the truth 
and those sent by Allah. Arrogant are those who, are hold, who hold the others in contempt, consider them of no worth and treat them with no regard. The Holy Prophet added that arrogance and Satan were inextricably linked and so one must shun all forms of pride. Another condition of bad is that we shall consider upholding the dignity and honor of Islam of even greater value than our lives and children and our honor and wealth. If we wish to bring about a spiritual revolution within ourselves and the wider world, we must live our lives in this way. If we reach such standards, then and only then will we, will we fulfill our spiritual objectives. Furthermore, the Prophet Islam has taken an oath from all Ahmadis that they will forever seek to serve Allah's creation for his sake alone. They will use their full potential, strength, capabilities, and resources for the sake of helping the creation of Allah and fulfilling their needs. If we do this, we will attain the player of Allah, the Almighty, and will be the inheritors of the prayers of the Holy Prophet and we will be those who fulfill the objectives of the Prophet and partake from the fruits of his prayers. The Prophet states, always remember that there are two principles, command, uh, principal commandments The Prophet ﷺ states, always remember that there are two principal commandments of Allah the Almighty. Firstly, that we do not associate any partner with him, neither in his being nor in his attributes, nor in his worship. Secondly, we must be compassionate to others. The Prophet ﷺ continued, benevolence, benevolence does not merely required that a person shows kindness to their brothers and sisters or limit their kindness to those with whom they have personal relations. Rather, it should be for all humans and all of God's creation. Do not consider whether someone is a Hindu or a Christian. Then the Prophet Islam said, I tell you truthfully, that Allah the Almighty has taken the responsibility, responsibility of ensuring justice for you. He does not want you to take it upon yourselves. The more gentle, loving, humble, and caring you are, the, the more Allah the Almighty will be pleased with you. Leave your enemies to Allah the Almighty. So this is a distinctive attribute of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, that in light of the teachings of the Prophet Islam, we strive to serve humanity to the very best of our abilities within our available resources. 
We do so both personally and at a collective Jamaat level. So I reiterate that every Ahmadi must demonstrate empathy and human sympathy and consider the sufferings of others to be like their own. If I have, um, sorry, I have repeatedly advised all Ahmadis around the world of the need for this. Those Ahmadis who have the ability to do so must seek to alleviate the hunger of the poorest members of society. They should strive to fulfill the needs of those living in poverty or who are facing any form of struggle. Show compassion to them, feed them, and care for them. As for those people who require the charity or help of others, it should not be that they continually take handouts without making any efforts to improve their circumstances. Rather, they should work hard and endeavor to stand on their own feet in the hope that one day they can be a source of help and nourishment for other people afflicted by hardship. Now and before, in, and before uh, concluding, I also wish to remind you that the Prophet Muhammad has taken a solemn pledge from us in our bath that after accepting Ahmadiyyat, we will remain entirely obedient to him purely for the sake of Allah and will hold our bond of love with him higher than any worldly relationship. So every Ahmadi must exhibit true love for the Prophet and the way to do this is to faithfully act upon his teachings, which in reality are the teachings of Allah the Almighty and his messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Only then can we claim to be truly uh, be Ahmadi Muslims in spirit and deed. Furthermore, in this era, Allah the Almighty has blessed us with the institution of Khilafat Ahmadiyya. Thus, every Ahmadi must remain faithful, loyal, and obedient to Khilafat and must continually elevate their bond of love and sincerity with the Khalifa of the time. That is the key to our continued progress and the means for us. That is the key to our continued progress and the means for us to observe the everlasting success of our Jamaat. If all members of Ghana Jamaat are those who sincerely strive to act upon the conditions of bad, then it can be said that the first century of Ghana Jamaat will have proven truly blessed and successful, and you will enter the second century of Ahmadiyyat in Ghana in the best possible way. Thus, I say to all of you that now is the time to come forward and pledge with absolute determination and resolution, uh, resoluteness 
that you will forever seek to bring about all the pure changes required to fulfill the conditions of the oath you have taken with the Prophet Inshallah, if you do so, you will be a means of conveying Islam to others and will draw your fellow citizens in, and indeed people across the world under the shade of true Islam. The people of Ghana have the honor and distinction of being amongst the pioneer Africans to have accepted the promised Messiah al-Islam. And in keeping with this, I hope and pray that Ghana comes to be at the forefront spreading the message of Ahmadiyya to the corners of the world. May it be that by embracing the Islamic teachings, May it be that by embracing the Islamic teachings of love, compassion, and brotherhood, you are the people who cause a true spiritual and moral revolution to come to pass in the world. Instead of looking to the Western world as a guide and inspiration, I hope and pray that the young people and coming generations of your nation be those who save the world from the duplicity and godlessness that pervades those nations who consider themselves to be the most advanced and civilized on earth. The, st the stark truth is that much of the developed world has become immersed in materialism and has no link with spirituality or justice, where they claim to be the arbit arbiters of peace and equality. They are perpetrating uh, they are perpetrating grave cruelties upon humanity through horrific warfare and justice, uh, are an injustice. The reality of their deceitful conduct renders their seemingly high-minded statements nothing but hypocritical and empty proclamations. Thus, as I said, I pray that instead of your children and future generations being influenced and inspired by the West, may the world come to look towards Ghana and the African nations as beacons of justice, truth, and morality, and morality-based, inshallah, on your, on your nations being at the forefront of accepting Ahmadiyyat and bringing about a true spiritual revolution in the world. If this occurs, the sincere Ahmadis of Ghana and other nations will walk upon the path of spiritual salvation and will be the means of saving the future generations of the world, inshallah. And they will be the ones who play a great role in saving the world from the turmoil and the horrific cycle of immorality, conflict, and godlessness in which it is submerged. May Allah the Almighty grant us all the ability to do so. Amen. May Allah the Almighty bless the Ghana Jamaat in every respect, and may you will all return to your homes safely, having fulfilled the objectives of the Jalsa Salana. Amen. Jazakallah.
Now, you all join me in the silent prayer. Amen. <laughs> 